0: What's up, guys? Welcome to episode 27 of NFL Unwrapped. I'm Corbin Weinerman, joined by Christian McGowan and Perry Aston. Guys, how are you doing? What's going
1: on, guys? Hey, how's it
0: going? We got a somewhat shorter episode of the NFL Unwrapped for you guys. We got a few things to talk about. Of course, the Joe Flacco stuff. Colin Kaepernick finally getting a resolution with his case against the NFL. Antonio Brown news. Before we do, though, I want to remind you guys to listen to us either on the podcast.com website or on the Apple iTunes podcast app. Also, make sure that you can listen to us on the Pulse Podcast Network. You can follow us on Twitter at NFL Unwrapped. Follow me on Twitter at Corbin Unwrapped. Perry on Twitter at Perry Aston. And Christian on Twitter at McGowan75. If you guys haven't checked out our website yet, go ahead and do that. We got a lot of exciting... Articles that have come up, we're growing. We have how many contributors do we have now? Sixteen
2: working on seventeen, working on eighteen, so we're growing very fast with an amazing team. Super happy to be doing it with all of you amazing people that have been contributing to us. For the NFL, obviously it's slowing down a bit, but with Colin Kaepernick news today, Do Flacco trade not too long ago, A B who's constantly in the headlines right now. I feel like we can just have multiple episodes based off A,
0: B if worse
2: <laughs> comes to worse for the rest of the
0: offseason. A, D in the NBA and then A, B in the NFL. Yeah, right? well,
2: give me the two, two <laughs> acronyms.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, before we get into this podcast, just have a quick little promo for you guys from one of our sponsors, TickSplits.com. So listen, they got some exciting stuff for you guys.
3: Have you been searching for the best ticket deals around? Well, look no further. With TickSplits, the price you see is the price you pay, and TickSplits just happens to have over six billion dollars in ticket inventory just waiting for you. They absolutely mean it when they say every ticket, every venue, everywhere. And you can save even more with promo code PULSE in all caps to save you five percent off your total purchase. Just go to TickSplits.com and click the search bar. Search events based on your geographic location. Pick the show you want, and bam, it's show time sporting events Broadway shows concerts and more with tickflix.com. and while you're there be sure to sign up for the email newsletter so you can stay up to date on the latest news and savings with TixBlix that's tickflix.com, tisdlit dot every ticket every venue everywhere
2: Thank you to our network-wide sponsors at TixBlix.com. That's T-I-X-B-L-I-T-Z.com in partnership with us and, of course, the Pulse Podcast Network. You guys heard that promo code, PULSE, in all caps, for $5 off any ticket purchase. So make sure to go check them out as soon as you're done listening to this podcast. Going on to our first topic here, Joe Flacco getting traded over to Denver. I'm not sure how I feel about this for the Broncos. I wanted to bring this up with you guys because they are taking on that contract. Corbin, I know you have the numbers <laughs> off the top of your head, the cap expert here, but he's coming over. He has zero pocket mobility, so he is, has to be a pocket passer and has to rely on his arm. There's no athleticism left in the tank, if there was any. He was for- never deceptively
1: fast. No, never. No, ever. from
2: it. So... Now, at this point in his career, especially coming off injuries, is this the guy for the future for the Broncos? Like, what are you doing, Elway, is kind of how I'm going to start the debate. Because you do have the 10th pick in the draft, and one of our writers wrote an amazing article on the future of the Broncos with their quarterback, so make sure to go scroll in the archives and find it on our website, UnwrappedSports.com. But for them, I thought that was a good spot to possibly take a quarterback or use that pick and really make a trade because at this point – After the Peyton Manning experience where he came really nostalgia reasons and rode off into the sunset with a Super Bowl win, C.J. Anderson stealing that for him, he wasn't even that effective. Brock Osweiler did it for the majority of the year, and then they tried, of course, after a stint of quarterbacks, bringing Brock Osweiler back and trying that again. Didn't work out. Paxton Lynch is gone now. Trevor Simeon's gone now. All going to be backups because that's all they really are. So now you haven't found your guy, is Joe Flacco that person that's going to put you into championship contention? Because he had one great playoff run, he won a championship, but at this point, he's still riding that contract, which is heavy. And I think at this point in his career, I wouldn't even want him to start if I'm the Ravens, who already had him. Let alone someone trying to trade and making him the face of what you would call the franchise right now. Christian, what do you
1: think? So him as a Super Bowl quarterback made sense when he had that lower dollar figure, but with this productivity now, there's no way the Broncos will be able to field a team able to compete competitively for a Super Bowl with his contract. Now, regardless, they're going to have to do something with Case now because he still is on contract for another year on top, I don't know how much money they have now in quarterbacks. Is there a whole cap, just those two players? Yeah, like, like,
0: Keenum, So Keenum signed a two-year deal with the Broncos before last year. He's still owed $18 million in a base salary and $3 million in a signing bonus for this year. And then Joe Flacco, he has three years left on his contract. It's only base salary, but... 18.5 million this year 20.25 million next year and then 24.25 million the year after that that's Jesus. a
2: yeah. lot of money to invest in a guy that I think is far past his prime at this point
1: to me I mean I, I know it seems counterproductive to like trade for a quarterback for a rebuild but the three years left on his contract, I see him maybe being competitive these next 2 years and then in the 3rd year we're either trying to get rid of Flacco or there's a change of the guard through the draft. So if anything he's going to be a bridge quarterback for yeah, the Broncos. Quarterback. But I don't know what Elway's doing. I, I know I saw a tweet. It was like, Elway uh, always tries to get quarterbacks who have strong arms and are wildly inaccurate because that's what he was as a quarterback. And <laughs> It's kind of funny. Joe but
0: Flacco's the epitome of that.
1: Seriously, I know, Corbin, you had tweeted the stats over the last three years yeah. between Keenum and Flacco, and it's like, seriously, like one touchdown and like a couple hundred yards off. Yeah, like we it's put up not- a poll
2: also asking if you thought that Flacco was an improvement over Keenum, and about the same one over yes or no I think yeah they're just all right there and I would take Case Keenum if you're gonna ask me at this point in his career because of the fact that god forbid there is a defenseman running after you I'm confident that Case Keenum can at least extend the pocket run out scramble even pick up those plays he's not Michael Vick he's no Lamar Jackson but Case Keenum can go get that first down he can go move the chains he can make extended plays happen with just his legs if he really needs to when with Flacco it's sloth like mobility in the pocket I have no confidence
0: in him to be fair though to Flacco even though their numbers are the same I'd say Keenum had some better talent around him over the past three years especially his last year before this past year when he was with the Vikings more talent than Flacco's probably ever had, even the Super Bowl run. But
2: Just comparing skill sets, yeah, me, I'm going to take a, a slightly younger, more accurate, even in my opinion, Case Keenum over Joe Flacco, who may have a bigger arm when it comes down to it, but is past his prime. Like you guys said, i more of an air raid guy who's going to make mistakes. But the chances that a big play happens might be bigger with Flacco. But I like Case Keenum as a guy that at least I know is going to be a game manager for the next year of his contract that we already wasted money on instead of now investing the money into him for this year and Flacco. So what are you going to do with Case Keenum like you just said? Do you make a move with him? Is he going to be the most expensive backup quarterback in the league? That's not a situation that I want to be in. If I'm the Denver Broncos with a new coaching staff, I'd rather have a guy that would grow with our new coaching staff instead of a person that I think is plateaued.
0: Yeah, so Case Keenum, he has a dead cap hit of $10 million, so if they were to just release him, they'd they'd still count $10 million against the cap. That's a chunk. Yeah, I think they're definitely going to look to trade him, I just, I don't know what the market's going to be for him, he didn't have a great year last year, I do think but that But that's going
2: to bring it to that Nick Foles market, I think that would yeah. be right there No, well, the but Nick, Nick
0: Foles is an interesting player to bring up, so... The good thing for the Broncos with trading for Flacco, even though he does have three years left on his contract, he has no dead cap money for these next three years, which I believe means that if they were to release him, he wouldn't count anything against their cap. So they could get out from under him after this year if they want to, but still, you're trading a mid-round pick for a quarterback who, no matter what, he's not going to lead you to the Super Bowl when you're having to give up so many... Monetary resources just to be able to pay him.
2: Exactly. It's fielding a team around him, like you said, Christian.
0: And I think that Joe Flacco, maybe in a vacuum, yeah, he's a little bit better of a quarterback than Case Keenum, but I mean, he changes, he's going to change the offense for sure because he has a much stronger arm. I think the benefit of having Joe Flacco there over Case Keenum, and I was talking about this with my boss earlier today, who's a Broncos fan, is that because Flacco has such a strong arm. You can't just load up the box and therefore the running game should be more successful with Flacco than it was with Case Keenum. Case Keenum had probably one of has probably one of the worst arms in the NFL, at least of starting quarterbacks for sure, but like yeah. I said, a game
2: manager, someone that's not going to take yeah. a lot of risk down the field, but isn't going to make yeah. a ton of mistakes. But
0: you brought up Nick Foles. I had this conversation with my boss. Why don't they just go after Nick Foles? And he said, well, what if they don't get Foles? Well, then you have go... at the out, number yeah. 10 pick in the draft. And even because he, he said... Yeah, he brought up Drew Locke, which I'm not a huge fan of, and he wasn't either. But okay, if you're not a huge fan of him, you could look to move up in the draft. Look and for Dwayne Haskins. they
1: uh, about trade back and try to get picks in
0: other drafts. Yeah, and I think you don't have to get your quarterback of the future this year because... Even if you got a good quarterback, you're still probably not making... You're definitely not making a title. And push. you still Maybe.
2: have Case Keenum, who is yeah. signed to be your bridge quarterback. Yeah. They're making the money that you paid him, which he honestly deserved after that year in Minnesota. Mean, you just But you already had the bridge quarterback, so if you're going to make this move for Flacco, I guess make it next year. I don't think he would still be there on the market next year. The Ravens weren't just going to leave him there on the bench this expensive. Like They were going to make some sort of move for a team that was desperate, and I wasn't expecting that to be the Broncos. But it just confused me because you just made this move, which I kind of liked last offseason. I said, that's actually the perfect bridge guy that I want. While I go out and try fourth round draft picks, fifth round draft picks, Dak Prescotts, other people that may they come wish in, they got that. or. Go big or go home with the number 10 pick or try and rather do one, move up or two, like you said, Christian, move back, get even more picks, become the next Indianapolis Colts. Whatever you have to do with loading up your team, not just the position, but the team at this point, yes, you need to make a move to improve your weakest skill position and probably weakest position across the board at quarterback, which has been a glaring issue for a while, but... Is this the right move? And I'm going to yeah. end that debate yeah. with obviously not. You,
0: you, you brought up that Keenum's the perfect bridge quarterback. He is, but you need a quarterback to bridge him off too. And Joe Flacco is not the Completely. quarterback that you need. you got to get a young... To. A bridge yeah. is for a young guy yeah, that's developing. Absolutely. That's the definition in my mind.
1: Then you stop signing and getting people who are in the twilight of their career. Vaughn Miller is starting to get to the point now where his productivity is going to dip one of these yeah. years. He's playing one of the most physical positions on the football field and father time is undefeated. So that defensive line is going to need work. That offensive line has been atrocious. The quarterback position has at this current point, like 30% of the total budget going into next season. So for me, the Broncos look like they're in disarray. They look like the SpongeBob episode where they're just burning everything. (laughs) You know, it's like, what are they doing? They're signing older guys, their team, obviously another year, they're another year older. No outside of Chubb, Who's their young guys? They have like uh, okay, Philip Lindsay on the offense, Cordon on yeah. their wide receiver. Philip Lindsay voice was man. a
2: steal because he was undrafted. They didn't even yeah. expect him to be the kind of workhorse. Know, I'm saying workhorse that he was last year. Well, yeah, but on I, the defensive line,
1: they, have, they have, outside of other, they have no one. The whole defense is aging. They got rid yeah. of Tlaib last year. Like there's massive holes on this team. Chris at Harris broke positions. His leg. The list goes on. I mean, uh, Shane Ray, I think, too, is also not going to be on their team next year. Kind of really didn't pan out yeah, for them. Yeah. It's just sad. They're, they're going to be... What I, what I think they're doing is they're going to hope for drafts to a Sagova, Trevor Lawrence to solve their quarterback problem. Because if they're going to go... If they go with the 10th pick and they go Drew Locke and now they have three quarterbacks yeah, that's on their roster, that's L.A. Mess. should be
0: fired. It's a mess. Yeah. And... Uh, Joe Flacco was never going to be, you give up a mid-round pick for him, okay, but mid-round picks are still very valuable in the NFL. You can turn them into starters who are going to be a part of your team for years moving forward. Joe Flacco, you hope he's not part of your team for years moving forward if you're the Broncos. And you brought up a good point, Christian, to just wait it out for Tua Tagovailoa. Possibly next year if the Broncos bought him out. But there's going to be other options out there. You didn't need to bring on Joe Flacco. Perry, you brought up. Philip Lindsay as the workhorse for the Broncos. I think Royce Freeman's also another excellent running back. I think he is the workhorse that they should want to have. Because as good as Philip Lindsay is, he's so small that just if you give him all of those carries year after year... I mean, we saw it this year. He got hit, hurt his wrist, and he... Was out for the rest of the year, and he might not even be back for training camp. So Royce Freeman's a much bigger back, and he's the one that you want to be able to feed off of. But they have a great one-two punch in Freeman and Lindsey. And... and I
2: swung and miss on Royce Freeman because you know yeah. with me doing all the fantasy covers that I do, that was one of my favorite people coming in with the work he was doing in the preseason and the hype that they had on him drafting him where they did and him scoring, and I think it was, what, four games in a row— it looked like he was the clear guy on top of the intuition that I felt before preseason even started. And to have it switch so drastically was one of the craziest stories that happened in the NFL. And Philip Lindsay, an undersized guy who was undrafted, just a great story, made a Pro Bowl. So I know the Pro Bowl doesn't mean much anymore because of how they play around, but it's an accolade, and it's one of the best as a rookie, so you got to give it to him. It
1: was the first time an undrafted free agent in his rookie season. And he
2: was broke. the third in the Rookie of the Year debate. Yeah, obviously it was between Saquon and Baker, yeah. and I don't think that's in debate at all, but he was that third, and you can't come up with another guy that right. would have been that unanimous third guy. And
1: every team had passed up on him seven times. Yeah, that's completely. crazy.
2: Some I more mean, than others. Some, some teams yeah, some that have loaded seven. drafts.
0: It, but, you know, it yeah. evens yeah. out. Seven rounds of it. Yeah, it yeah. evens out. Yeah. But yeah, just crazy. So, all right. Well, before we move on to the Colin Kaepernick stuff, I want to play a message from the Pulse Podcast Network.
3: Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is 8-Bit Ray from the Gorilla Brain Podcast, part of the Pulse Podcast Network. Did you know that you could be using this spot to advertise your company or business? Well, I've done the research, and PodcastInsights.com report that podcast listeners are loyal, affluent, and mostly college-educated. But most importantly, are five times more likely to interact with the ad they hear on their favorite podcast than an ad from any other medium. If you would like to advertise your company or brand with our network, it's simple. All you have to do is send an email to marketing at pulsepodcastnetwork.com. I'll say it one more time. Marketing at PulsePodcastNetwork.com and we hope to hear from you soon.
0: Alright, let's unwrap the Colin Kaepernick stuff. So, Colin Kaepernick and Eric Reed were filing a lawsuit against the NFL claiming that the owners had colluded to prevent them from playing in the NFL. Eric Reid has since been signed by the Panthers but the lawsuit continued. Finally, there was a resolution to the lawsuit today. We don't have... Exact specifics, because part of the agreement between the NFL and Kaepernick and Eric Reed was that they signed a non-disclosure agreement. So we don't know the exact numbers, but what we do know is that from one of our sources, that's pretty reliable. He tweeted out that the agreement is expected to give Colin Kaepernick somewhere between sixty to eighty million dollars, or Kaepernick and Eric Reed, so however they end up splitting that, but. I don't know. I mean, what are your guys' opinions on this whole situation?
2: I say good for Cap because it couldn't have been more obvious that the NFL's been blackballing him. And that's been clear. I've been talking about it for a long time. And it's not fair. I think that in this point of our society, to take a stand is one thing. But to exile a professional athlete from his profession for doing something that's within technically human rights, which is free speech. Yeah, it's free speech on a more public platform, but I think to exile him clearly from his profession was ridiculous. And yeah, sign him as a backup, somehow have everyone agree not to start him, whatever, you just don't want that PR mix to have him be your starter. And I know the counter argument, do you do even want to bring on that PR mix for a backup quarterback. So obviously the clear answer for a PR guy would be no, but from an ethical standpoint, it would be, yes, somebody in the league needs a decent backup quarterback and needs to just end this really quick. And it was clear when, for example, they were hitting up Matt Hasselbeck, who's 40-something years old and years retired in the booth, to come back. He said, quote unquote, a competitor at late in the year hit me up to see if I was still in shape to come back. And... I chuckled when I read that saying to add that to the list for the collusion case for Kaepernick because they're reaching out to guys that clearly aren't in shape, clearly aren't in a mindset to go play in the NFL, and clearly shouldn't be on your NFL roster. But you're reaching out to an NFL analyst who's 40, whatever, 43 years old (laughs) to come back (laughs) when clearly he should be there. Guys like Austin Davis, guys, anyone in this league is okay. Sean Mannion, I don't care who you name, is a backup. Colin Kaepernick's a more skilled quarterback than them, because you saw what he did in his last year, last two. He put up decent numbers, and throughout his career, he took a 49ers team to high ground success when he was the quarterback. So I'm going to have to say good for Cap. I don't care about the whole politics of it. We don't have to get into it. It's just, I think exiling someone from his profession is kind of fucked up, and I think he called them out on it, and he was about a Really set the league on fire. Him and Eric Reed, and they can sense it, and they bit, you know, bit the bullet and bought bought them out.
1: So I know Corbin and I had talked about this before the podcast, and with the NDA, I don't think we may, at least in the the meantime, get a clear picture of what was found. In the near
0: future, yeah,
1: but. With that amount of money, I think we can all agree on some few things that they obviously had something they had that was case. worth sixty to $80 for the, million for dollars for the
0: NFL to settle for. For that. the
1: NFL to settle on amount. mouth. Now we can speculate that it may be a, a text, an email, a
0: certain kind yeah. statement, yeah. whatever. But it's got to be more than just one thing, I would think, unless but, it's something just. So all they had so a dandy. team
2: of lawyers. This was something I talked about a few podcasts ago. <clears throat> a few podcasts ago. They have a team that's there to help them out in their case. They're looking for any bit of information, anything, any statement, any bit of valid points that helps to show that the NFL has been colluding. And it's been an obvious thing to the bare eye, let alone a legal team that's bombarding the NFL. And I think they clearly, like you said, found something juicy and they were about to call the league out on some serious stuff if they didn't settle Colin Kaepernick, like you guys said, in a contract, how likely is it that you're going to make eighty million dollars with non-guaranteed money as well? To get guaranteed yeah. eighty mil, and I don't know if they split that half and half, him and Eric Reed, whatever.
1: Tax on that? Like what? What? Happened?
2: Yeah, I'm I, would sure you're so.
1: your, <laughs> I would assume <laughs> I <think> tax, so. Is that your income? I would assume that's
2: taxed, but that's a paycheck, and not just that, he's still on retainer for Nike, so oh, yeah, he paid for big, Nike, yeah. and he is now a public figure. That's for, don't care what side you're on, if you think it's cool, if you think it's not, I don't, I'm not here to discuss that. But he's taken a stand to put his name up there with the other advocates around the world in history. He's took a stand on a huge platform. So it was a bit of history
1: and that alone is going to keep him relevant for a very long time. And to go on that, do you guys think that one is his mind... I mean, if you want to be an activist, that's 100% fine. But if he wants to make a comeback to the NFL, do you guys think that, one, that's probable? And two, has he even be, been putting in the work and to even like be ready to hop on and play? Because I know when a season ago or two seasons ago, he had came in with the Ravens and the Seahawks and worked out for them. And athletically, it seemed like he was still in shape, but... Do you guys think that there, there's a, a Kaepernick reunion like in the NFL? I know the AAF had reached out to him and he had given them a twenty million dollar ridiculous like counter offer to yeah. return. So I, if he's giving a counter offer, it seems that he's at least somewhat interested. You know, there's a dollar figure that he would return to play some professional sports. But do you guys think that? the NFL and Kaepernick will ever happen again?
2: I think it's done. I'm not going to speak too much on it because I just did. I think it's been way too much said, way too much shit that's went down. And it's a political thing at this point that I think both sides just want to stay clear away from after this massive settlement that took almost two years. So I don't think it's going to happen because if you're going to give it enough time for it to quote unquote mend... Is it worth signing Colin Kaepernick at that age? Is he, like you said, in NFL-ready shape? I don't know. I I think, if anything, it's going to be right now that you go and capitalize on the fact that he still has athleticism. And the stove is fucking hot. You're not touching that for a few years. And at that point, I don't think it's worth it unless you want to Give him a backup job, and he'll ride but, off. In the but
1: even if clean. can you do that though? If you
0: if you yeah. if he no, wants yeah. to play that's, and you don't, that's that exactly what I was. Gonna, that's why I think, assuming that he is still in physically good shape, good enough to be a starting quarterback, and I would assume he would have uh, kept putting in the work. Yeah, like, I think right now, if Colin Kaepernick comes out with a statement saying like, "Yes, I still want to play in the NFL," every single NFL team is under such. Such a big microscope. Mm. He's going to, at the very least, get a chance. And I think it's actually going to be a sincere chance. Or Uh as much of a sincere chance as they possibly can. Because I don't think NFL owners are going to be stupid enough to do any type of collusion between them. Where they're telling one another, let's not sign him. But they might, because of how it all played out, they could just individually feel like, yeah, I just don't want to deal with this on my team. But all it takes is one. There's thirty two teams oh, yeah. in that. I think the
1: Panthers would be one that would be an organization that seems willing to take on someone like that. Yeah, well I mean they signed Eric
0: Reed, yeah. So I don't know, we'll see. but I would say it's better than a fifty percent chance that he ends up back in the league at some point on a team. Whether he's going to go straight zero. I honestly think it's just what do you think Christian?
2: It's hit or miss, like and it's been missed.
1: I think if athletically he's there, uh, and he, it, it, the, the, here's the thing: it's it's the want. Yeah, he got a massive payday, so financially, he, I mean, financially before he was probably set, but he had donated a lot of money. He really has been an activist in his part time or in his full time. You know, he hasn't been playing football, so uh, to me, I, I kind of agree with you. Here. I think mentally, maybe he's. Already moved on from playing, and wants I think he's matured
2: to. past football. I think he sees bigger problems. I don't think it's necessarily maturing
1: past football. It's just I put the same way with Joe Thomas when he got injured uh, in Cleveland, and he you know, he had like eight months to really like be a father, like be in his life, and you you really just you're, you you kind of get attracted to the next phase in your life outside of playing football. Because let's be honest, football, or even all of us who have played sports here, like yeah, it feels good. You know, it feels good to have the roar of the crowd, but it also feels good to get home every night at a good time and, you know, love the simplicity of your life. So maybe people not hitting him every day and the life that he lives now just is more fulfilling. And in my just head, matter does
2: returning help your image? Does it help your message? I don't know about that because you clearly have taken a stand against a league that you think is corrupt, a league that you don't agree with in a lot of And I know his protests a lot had to do with. The police and, you know, racial matters and not necessarily just the league because it wasn't the league that what he said is killing black people on the streets. It was just the league that had that platform for him to reach that many people. So that is where it's not that the league is the pr- problem in his eyes. It was the fact that the league had a problem with him making a statement. And that's where that's a separate issue because the whole stance for him isn't against the league. The aftermath was the collusion case. Now, that's where it's, okay, we didn't like what you did, and we still don't. And you didn't like what we did, and you just won off it. So now, why don't we just wipe our hands clean? You go home. We go back to the league office and continue issuing non-guaranteed contracts to our players and hoping they don't die the next day. And I think the league is fully fucked up. We all can talk. We cover all sports here, guys. NFL has the worst... It's Money system, it had, it is the worst-ran professional sports league. And especially after the playoff debacle now with Roger Goodell cowarding out and the officials, it is a shit show. Yeah. So you're going to add this into the mix, wipe your hands clean, and you move on to a new age of football. Do not revert backwards for both sides.
0: I want to get your guys' opinion on something that actually just came to me. So this agreement, them settling the league and Kaepernick and Reed. They signed a non disclosure agreement. What if part of the agreement is that, okay, we're going to give you 60, 80 million, whatever it is, but in turn, you are not going to try to make a return to the NFL? We're going to completely wipe our hands of this. Here's the money. Let's just call it a day. You can go. Yeah, go on, live your life, do whatever support that activism stuff exactly you want. That is exactly
2: what happened. That's pretty but much what I just also, said. That's exactly
0: what happened. Black and white. I'm sure there could be... I'm sure it's a confidential you can, yeah, agreement? Absolutely. Agreement. But, but a confidential
1: you can, agreement well, is to say you're not going to come back.
0: Well, the you. confidential agreement is that, okay, whatever we agreed to, you are also signing this additional piece of paper saying that this agreement that we made, you will not be telling anyone. Nobody is going to find out about it. And on that point, over under five years before we know what was in this agreement.
1: I want to 100,
0: say under just because it's 100%, technology area, hundred percent. So Christian, you and I were talking about this a little bit before the podcast. Uh, how many people know about the agreement? Maybe uh, Kaepernick, Reed, some people in the league and the lawyers, but let's say hundred t- total. Yeah, I mean, you're not telling me that one of those are going to realize to tell, tell his what? wife by, by accident yeah, order or drinks or honestly, like I can tell someone this. How are they going to know it's me?
1: Yeah, TMZ's going to cash that shit.
3: Yeah. You drop
2: an anonymous note in TMZ's mailbox <laughs> and you say send the check to this PO box
0: for my troubles and not, you'll be
2: receiving an anonymous check. Not
0: even not even if they're asking for money but just one side of one side of this feels a lot worse about the outcome than the other. And one person for sure in however many people were involved, I'm sure are pissed off right now about whatever the agreement was. It just takes one person to, not even looking for any financial compensation from it, just, just hey, yeah, Yeah. look at how screwed up this is. Here, here's all the details. Uh Don't know who it's from, though. You never saw my face? You don't no, know I, I, who this I is? Wait. And it's going to yeah.
2: be TMZ that drops it too because anything that's yeah. very important in the football world drops from TMZ. The Kareem Hunt video, the Ray Rice video, anything that, oh, the league known about this yeah. for six to 12 months. But they won't research it. And one guy slid it under this rug and another one slid under that one. And you're just sitting there scratching your head like, wait, this dude really just kicked a woman on camera and we knew about it for like eight months? Like, I didn't know, I, I didn't know about this one. I think TMZ is just the perfect sorry I told you guys when this dropped with the Cream Hunt thing, why don't the NFL make a deal with TMZ? Higher because they're the ones bringing the juiciest For shit everything. to their front doorstep. TMZ, you well, stay well, on it. The fact it. is, is the, NFL,
1: a lot of these things, the NFL knew way before. TMZ didn't. TMZ just got wind of it seven months after when <laughs> someone was like, okay, how has this not... Because that's a lot of the times... There's a back and forth. There's a bidding war, and TMZ finally wins it, or someone gets pissed off. This hasn't come to light, and then TMZ gets it. But past Hollywood TV, Antonio Brown. Wow, that's TV. Even in it's more. Right. Yeah. Did he just dye his goatee the other week? I think it was his stash. He's it, losing it.
2: It was really weird. And today there was conflicting reports that we put out on our Twitter that he had a change of heart and didn't want to meet with Rooney and then he did want to meet with Rooney and wants to mend this so I don't know which one is actually the truth right now considering it both came out from the same source so we're assuming it was just developments in the story. No,
0: the new report is that he is going to meet with management. But what
2: is really the story at this point? You're going to meet with management about what? Is it really going to fix what's going on? Is now
1: this the I think last he's just meeting? Doing, as a show respect to the Rudy family, that's what. Which is actually
0: kind of surprising, considering how little respect he's given them. He's been
1: mooning them
2: months. for the last yeah. six months. There's no respect for the organization. He just cares about himself and the brand. Go for it, all you men. You're a, one of the best. You're the best, if not the top three best wide receiver in the league. Hundred percent, hands down. And you are going to make every single team in the NFL a better team. I don't care where he goes, what situation. He'll make your team more of a competitor than it was. So you do you, man. I'm just saying this is another wipe your hands clean situation. If you did the whole cat math and it's actually not that bad and you can figure it away. I know we've talked about it on numerous podcasts. I'm not going to get into it again. If you can make it happen, you make it happen. Get him out of there. Let Juju be your number one guy. Figure out who you can have behind him and get that depth ASAP because you're not just going to hope and pray that you get it in the draft because you're going to have a lot of volume there from AB that Juju's not going to be able to suck up completely. And yeah, you're going to be worse off if you're the Steelers. But I think this, like I said before with Kaepernick and the NFL, I think too much has been done. Too much has been said, and they're just going to have to wipe their hands clean and move away and figure out a way to take this bad situation and somehow get pieces to help them or make them look like they didn't completely fumble this A-B situation. Do
1: you think when he meets them, he's like, you either trade Big Ben or me, As one of us. <laughs> like, one of us has to go. That's the only thing that will keep me here.
2: I want a UFC cage, really? and I want... Three minutes with the Tiger outside. That's it. I want to get let it all loose. Let it go. And Le'Veon Bell so. gets
1: a three-year $50 million. And Le'Veon guy. Bell wow. sits
2: it out. <laughs> yeah. Sits it out. Oh, it was, i am got to stop this pod real quick and talk about the funniest thing I saw on Twitter yesterday on Valentine's Day. We are recording Friday night. It'll be up sometime this weekend. Le'Veon Bell retweeted someone made one of those Valentines, and it was like, I'm just going to sit this Valentine out. And he was like, nah, for real. Who, <laughs> who did man? this? like, oh my God, I was laughing so hard.
0: <laughs> yeah, all right, so uh, Antonio Brown has obviously Will probably be on another team next year The Cardinals actually right now are the betting favorites To land Antonio Ooh. Brown for this next season Which, I mean, Cliff Kingsbury could do a lot with Antonio Brown for sure Him and David Johnson La- all Yeah, Larry Fitzgerald's coming back for one more year But it's an interesting debate I don't want to talk so much about what team he's going to end up with, because we've spoken about that before. But Antonio Brown and Larry Fitzgerald on the same field at once. Obviously Fitzgerald isn't the same player that he used to be, but in their prime, and Christian, I'll start with you on this one. In their prime, who was the better receiver, Larry Fitzgerald or Antonio Brown?
1: That's a close one, but Larry's hands, surefire hands, that's it. He has dropped so... He's dropped less balls than I have, and I've gone through puberty, there's two right there. Right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 uh. I just don't... That, that's it. I, I love my whole football career. I love receivers with surefire hands, and that's why I'm going to give it to old 50. So you're going to
2: ask me, skill at their peak, because yes. I think AB has rather reached his peak or is at it.
0: Yeah, he's 30, 31. He's reached it.
2: Antonio Brown by a little bit, but... To keep that going, Antonio Brown has zero chance in the world to keep the longevity the way that Larry Fitzgerald has because barely any receivers in this league or in history could do so, Jerry Rice being the only other one that comes to mind. So Larry Fitzgerald, I think, is one of the most intriguing football players to ever play the wide receiver position because of what he's changed himself into later on in his career. He doesn't have the athleticism anymore to be an outside guy and dominate anymore. So he switched to what? To be a slot receiver. And to be one of the biggest slot receivers in the league and one of the most effective with, like Christian said, surefire hands. So to know that you can't be as effective anymore playing the same game that you did and to be able to translate that to what's... not going to say complete opposite for a receiver... To be an outside in the slot, but it's got completely it's a different lot of game. Yeah. And you at that point in your career where you found so much success doing what you know to be able to find other ways and be a lot more effective. Especially him topping a thousand yards. I don't think it was last season, but the year before. I think last season it was
0: no last, a bit of an off well, year. Wasn't two it? seasons ago. so. He's 35 right now, but his age 34 season, he had 109. Right. Now, receptions. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Not
2: last year, the year before. Oh, that's incredible and uh, incredible, and very rare to find a guy that can stay in shape that long, let alone be this effective in the league for that long. Mm-hmm. Larry, legend, and has to be the most well liked athlete or top five to ever play any sport. Show me one person that hates yeah. Larry Fitzgerald.
1: Yeah. John McCain loved him.
2: Unless unless Larry Fitzgerald screwed your team with a play and you just have this weird vendetta, I think at that point still you're like, the dude smiled after the game with those pearly whites. I love the dude. He's cool. He just shouted out his family. Great dude. Like I don't even think you could hate him if you wanted
1: to.
0: Yeah, Antonio Brown and Larry Fitzgerald. I don't think it's fair to Larry Fitzgerald to compare their stats side by side because Antonio Brown had the benefit of playing with a future Hall of Fame quarterback and Ben Roethlisberger, whereas Larry Fitzgerald, aside from the two, three years where he had Kurt Warner as his quarterback— he didn't have a quarterback. He had Carson Palmer for a few years towards the end of his career. He but was you okay. are
2: definitely undervaluing Carson Palmer's ability to rack up the stats. No, yeah, which Palmer, was helping Larry Fitzgerald. He was making those A-B big had mistakes. Only
1: big Ben. Yeah. that's
2: true. But Palmer, I, I know you. It wasn't a star quarterback. I don't think it's at ben, Big Ben's level at all. But, no. he, but was
0: yeah, he was putting a good up
2: four thousand yard seasons, forty five thousand yard seasons. or sorry, forty five hundred yard seasons. Yeah, forty yeah, five fucking matters. better
0: have some pretty good stats. That's but Larry didn't have
2: a. <laughs> he didn't have Drew Stanton throwing him the ball his whole career. Yeah, at some point he did, and that's he, what's even more impressive yeah. to see a guy who, no matter who they had there, if that was Kevin Cobb or any of these scumbags, that he was still able to as effective as he is year in and year out there wasn't a year where it was like ah oh, it's kind of an off year for Larry now we're kind of saying it now because he's 75 years old and
1: still what putting mean, up almost in the
2: 800 yards almost with a terrible me? coaching staff and a rookie quarterback with Cliff Kingsbury this year and Rosen who's going to take a leap with this offense yeah. I wouldn't be surprised to see Fitzgerald somehow throw up another 1000 yard season this year. Yep. You heard it, you heard it here first. Uh,
0: Larry, Larry Fitzgerald from 2004 the first year he came into the league. So from 04 to 2014 his first 11 years in the NFL, he had two years where he had 100 receptions. 3 of the last 4 years he's had 100 receptions. So that just speaks to how just A combination of him obviously taking responsibility and making sure that he's game ready every single year but also part of it is luck just because you can get just that one big hit that knocks you out and ends your career and the longer you play the more likely it's going to happen for him to be in the league since 04 and still be a very good receiver even though he didn't put up incredible stats this past year part of it like you said was because they had Josh Rosen, they also had Sam Bradford to start the year. Bradford ended up getting released after they signed him to a $20 million contract. That's how terrible the quarterback play was. Awful. I, but even with all of that said, and as incredible as Larry Fitzgerald has been for such a long period of time, I'm with you, Perry. I'm going to say Antonio Brown. I'm going to say it's very close. The one thing that Larry Fitzgerald has over Antonio Brown, I guess two things. Obviously, his hands, even though Antonio Brown has incredible hands, I agree, Christian. Larry Fitzgerald, I can't remember him dropping a pass. Catches absolutely everything. And also on top of that, just on those deep balls, Antonio Brown, as small of a receiver as he is, he's still a great deep threat, even on those 50-50 balls. But in his prime, Larry Fitzgerald... Maybe Calvin Johnson, only other wide receiver in football that you could make an argument was better on those 50-50 balls. And all time, one of the best 50-50 ball receivers downfield that there's ever been.
1: It's more 50-50 words then.
0: Yes. Yeah. And DeAndre
2: Hopkins right now is the only guy that is currently yeah. playing that has the same surefire hands that you said. That's And the deep ball and stuff. And the That's deep ball great, stuff. Great and great I comparison. think the same size. So I think that would be the next Larry because... He would be the only guy I can see as a receiver in this league right now that if it came down to it five years from now, seven years from now, and you're forced at that fork of the road to where I'd rather have to become a slot receiver right now, or the next guy up is about to take my spot here on the outside, or I just can't dominate these outside corners anymore. That's the kind of guy that can translate his game just like Larry Fitzgerald. The guy dropped zero passes last year, DeAndre Hopkins. He... Has dropped zero passes last year, and I'm sure it's been upwards towards one, maybe for the last what three, four, or five years. Show me. I haven't looked up his stats in front of me. Guarantee you, he's never dropped more than one one pass in a season. I will put my money on it right now. DeAndre Hopkins has some serious surefire hands, just like Fitzgerald. But to end that debate, at their absolute prime, give me a B barely. But Larry Fitzgerald for a whole career, show me very yeah. Much no, it's incredible, Larry Fitzgerald.
0: Who's the best receiver in the NFL right now? Though you just you bring up a good point with Hopkins and as good to as be funny. I Michael of Thomas. course I'm always doing rankings. Really? Yep, I'm always
2: doing rankings for the fantasy side of stuff when especially the league comes back. But I'm gonna have to say DeAndre Hopkins right now, and I said AB before the beginning of last year. Yeah, and to see Juju Smith-Schuster be so effective in that offense makes me even feel more confident that that offense and Big Ben has a big part to do with it. Or the fact that to see such a young guy also be a top 10 wide receiver and have him not have a down year, but not have the same type of year that he's used to having, it shows that his prime AB, to be honest, wasn't even that long. Like, it was a very amazing Well, he had six stint. eight years what of I'm over saying. 100 yards or 100 his prime to be the best elite wide receiver in the league there was only maybe three or four years that it was okay he's a hundred percent a top two top three wide receiver and i think with deandre hopkins now to see how reliable he is he's gonna make deshaun watson the quarterback that he can be because he's gonna just be able to throw that ball up like you said yeah or if not
0: watson loves throwing it. if you want to be
2: methodical and you know go short routes all day hopkins is Literally got Elmer hands. He's not dropping anything.
0: Yeah, I actually think, even though I'm picking Antonio Brown over Larry Fitzgerald, there was probably a point in time where you could say, okay, Fitzgerald, eh. Fitzgerald or Calvin Johnson for the best receiver in the NFL. But Antonio Brown, to me, I never thought he was the best receiver in the NFL. He was second best for a few years behind Julio Jones. I thought Julio Jones, if he had Ben Roethlisberger instead of Matt Ryan, Julio Jones is one of the most gifted athletes at the wide receiver position that there has ever been. And I think now he's starting to lose a step, but he's still right up there. I think best receiver in the NFL right now. You still have Julio Jones in the conversation, but I probably go with DeAndre Hopkins. But give me Odell Beckham Jr.'s
2: skill set almost over AB, because like you just said with him playing with a quarterback like Big Ben, Odell came in there setting every record that you possibly can for receivers. So he may go down, like I've said multiple times, he may go down as statistically the best wide receiver to ever play the game, considering he's reached every milestone quicker than any receiver, including Jerry Rice. So and he
0: has Eli throwing. When the you talk about the stats,
2: the guy is unreal, and he's been injured. So even with missing games, he doesn't even yep. skip a beat with those stats and him setting records. And like you said, he's had the dinosaur, the ghost of Eli Manning for the tail end of his career. And even if you put Lau Luda there right now, I'm confident <laughs> that Odell is going to have a better year than he would have with Eli because he's going to just look at the kid, intimidate him, and say, "If you don't throw this fucking ball 45 yards right now and just throw it up there, I'm going to kick your ass." And he's going to just toss it up there, and Odell's going to make his own luck because what has he been doing since he got in the league? Making his own luck. Imagine God. Damn, if he had Big Ben or Matt Ryan even as his quarterback, like you said with Julio Jones. The kid, it wouldn't even be a debate. Odell, space, everybody else. That's what I'm saying because he's the most skilled receiver in this league, but he's had the worst luck. Out of yeah, wait top until. Yeah,
0: the wait, of yeah, wait until he gets either Haskins or Kyler Murray in there. Just really anyone except Kyler Eli. Murray,
2: Saquon, and Odell. Give me. I that, hate that, the dice. I hate them because I'm a Cowboys <laughs> fan. But I would still want to see that happen as a guy who loves the league. God damn, that would be that the would be so exciting. To you don't Patton. want Dwayne Haskins? Man. He's a rubber.
0: <laughs> yeah, just ask Stephen A. Stephen A. But yeah, to end the debate, I think Christian, because you brought up Michael Thomas, I think he's one of the best receivers. Top five in the NFL. for sure. Top. Five I was going sure. to say, I think it's you got probably Hopkins at number one, Julio Jones, Odell Beckham Jr., and Antonio Brown are two, three, four, however you want to mix that up. And then I think Michael Thomas comes no, in. No, it's not I five. think he's a hundred he in 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 top, in hundred percent. Yeah.
1: He slept on. I hate Saints fans, but I'm with
0: you on this. <laughs> Mike one. Thomas, MT. I agree. It's because he was on your fantasy team. MT was
1: wet. He, he was on mine the year before. It's so wet. I think this live, this past season he emerged. He's on the scene.
0: All right. Well that'll do it for this episode of NFL Unwrap. Thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you guys or thanks to our sponsor, Tick Splits, as well, for sponsoring our podcast. If you guys aren't following us on Twitter, go ahead and do that at NFL Unwrapped. Follow me at Corbin Unwrapped, Perry at Perry Aston, and Christian at McGowan75. Make sure to download the Pulse Podcast app as well. You got, I don't know how many podcasts 52 right now, 52? Right yeah yeah. 52 podcasts on there. Uh, go ahead and listen to our podcast on podcast.com or on the Apple iTunes Podcast app. If you're listening to us on Apple, please go ahead and give us a five-star review. We really appreciate that. It helps us make sure that we can keep going as well. Uh, helps bring in new, better sponsors as well, too. And also, if you haven't gone and checked out our website, just go ahead and check that out. We got a lot of great, exciting stuff. Talked about it in the beginning, so won't go into too much detail. But yeah, just thank you guys for supporting us. Really appreciate it. Keep being active with us on Twitter, too, whether it's on our own personal Twitters or on the NFL Unwrapped Twitter page or on the Unwrapped Sports Network Twitter page. Just interact with us. we got polls coming up. We want to hear from you guys. We want to hear from you guys how we can improve on the podcast, on the website, and also just any opinions you guys have. We, All three of us, Christian Perry and myself, we love talking about sports 24-7 or as close as we can Mm -hmm. to that. And, yeah, just keep talking with us, keep tweeting at us, and we really love doing this stuff.
2: No, seriously. And like Corbin said, shout-out to the contributors, shout-out to the team. Go check us out, UnwrappedSports.com or our network page on Twitter, at Sports, And check out anything coming from our college football podcast from Christian and Mike as well. Be on the lookout. We also are rumored to be having UFC coming in the mix at some point. And, of course, there's been hockey floating around for quite a bit. So hopefully those will be the next two. College basketball is always going to be in the air for us. So you guys know our vision. At some point, we want to cover all sports, be your one-stop shop. But the page right now is so amazing, and the newsletter is something you guys have to sign up for. We'll keep you up to date on everything, give you snippets of what we're able to be putting out on a weekly basis. Hopefully you fall in love with us just like we fall in love with you guys.
1: Check out Mock Draft 1.0
2: coming out soon. Yeah guys, thank you so much. Let's make this off season a great one.